You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Mayan? Thank you, guys. I'm so excited. Every time we, I get to talk with you, I'm like thrilled for what Jesus is doing in the room. And always, um, refreshly, refreshly, is that a word? Afresh? That's the word. Afreshly grateful and honored to be with you and to get to be your friend and to get to run with you, but also for the honor of getting to cover you and lead you and pastor you. So I'm really excited about what Jesus is going to do in our family today. He's calling us higher. He's taking us deeper, and we get to always move together. So I'm really thrilled. We are going to talk about family. We're going to talk about community, Um, but let's just pause together. Assume the position. (laughs) Dad, you're so good. You're perfect. Perfect Father. (sighs) Right now, would you come and reveal yourself as Dad in a whole new way, new dimension? Would you release a supernatural grace? to understand revelation of sonship and daughtership, new levels. We want more. Would you supernaturally connect us and bring us deeper in family? Wherever you go, wherever you lead, we will follow. (laughs) We're full of expectancy. Give you permission to blow our minds. Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. You with me? You want your mind blown? Yes. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you blew my mind in worship. So I am just, I'm so thrilled. This is something that's just on my heart that we um, want to move in together. It's awesome if one of us gets a revelation or some of us get a revelation of family or community, but it's something we want to do together as a family, as a community. And so just kind of giving, we're going to just talk some grids for a little bit. We're going to talk some grids and then we're going to go after some of our own beliefs and then we're going to do some practical. So just to set you up so you know what we're doing this morning, we're going to go after general truths of family, make sure that we're all on the same page. We're not going to go over rules of family because we don't really believe in that, but we want to go after cultural norms, standards, truths. What is our grid for family? Let's make sure we're all on the same page. And then we'll have a moment to personally evaluate our beliefs, and then we'll just practically break it down. So that's what we'll be doing today. So um, the the whole reason we're talking about family. So I want to back it up with what, how many of you were here last week, what Andrew was talking about, revival? Okay, and goodness of God, great. So um, we are on this journey of taking our families to a new level. So if you heard our family summit a couple weeks ago now, um, we were explaining what we've been going after for the past seven months and excited to share that with you. And a lot of that has to do with core values and mission and vision. And so we realized, you know, let's like break a lot of that down to new levels. And so Andrew explained revival last week. And so um, the the whole heartbeat of why we're here on earth, right? We could have just gotten saved and gone to heaven. <laughs> but we are here um, to, make he- to make earth look like heaven. We are here as regents. We are here as ambassadors. We're here to bring revival and to do that in the place of intimacy with Jesus and to overflow and to build his kingdom with him, restoring the original commission of Adam and Eve, right? They, they were to multiply and fill the earth. And um, 
And, and now we're doing that, and that is the redemption. But just to understand, like our whole concept of how revival happens, our whole belief system of how revival happens, it's inside family. Like family houses revival. That's our core value. Our, our core family, core value of family is there because we understand that is the governmental structure of heaven. Like when you're trying to understand, like how does heaven look? How does heaven build, um, build revival, build sustained? What does heaven look like? What's dad's heart? It's family. <laughs> then, and so a simple um, explanation of that is at the beginning of time, there's Holy Spirit, there's Jesus and the Father. They're in relationship with one another. They're in intimacy and they created us to have a part of that, to be a part of that. Like we were birthed to be part of family. We were created to be a part of intimacy. And of course, with the fall, then Jesus came and the whole plan was to restore that intimacy. So the whole purpose of humans <laughs> is to be a part of the, the Trinity's intimacy, right? Let's just be simple. <laughs> like we exist to be close to Jesus and dad and Holy Spirit. And so the whole creation was for family, was for intimacy. And so, of course, the redemptive work is the same. So just a simple, like, um, declaration we do is, oh, I, um, I'm excited. Let's, let's pause. I just got a little too excited. Um, so Jay, my friend, has my back. And I um, really wanted to make sure that we could get these truths in us, like, really, really good today, like really, really deep. And so I called him like, I need your strengths. <laughs> I need, like, I can paint some truths. <laughs> I could dance some truths. <laughs> but I feel like we're going to need something practical to give people. And so uh, Jay has, you want to grab him? Yeah, hey, oh, you got, oh, you already give him out? Oh, you're going to give them out? Great. So he has um, created a um, piece of paper for you. <laughs> Isn't this awesome? <laughs> I don't think I've ever preached with an outline. <laughs> I'm like, this is a very new for me as the artist. <laughs> um, but this is an outline with um, declarations and truths and things that we can go together. There's actually fill in the blanks. <laughs> like, look at us. <laughs> We're so cool today. Um, and so just <laughs> really excited. This is Jay's strength of organization and paper and charts and structures. So um, looking at the top, it says our healthy family, that side. Let's start there. And so that declaration, that's what I was just building us up to. I am creating healthy family because everything in life flows through relationships and family houses revival. And this is one of my daily declara declarations. This comes from uh, my teaching um, that I received from at Bethel. So it's one of our core values as um, Bethel and then our house is family too. So it applies. So I thought, why reinvent the wheel? We'll just borrow their declaration and it's now ours. <laughs> and so it's ours. But this is really important that the truth of why, like why are we even talking about family today? This is why. Like it's our original design and this is how we house revival. So we really need to talk about it. We need to stay in the concept of relationship for a minute until we make sure that our belief system lines up correctly because everything in life flows through relationships. And because revival is housed in relationship, it's housed in family. So we really need to pause on it, make sure that our, our minds are transformed, make sure we have um, correct thinking. Um, we know we all grew up in a family and we all um, had opportunities to learn different lies about family. <laughs> we all have um, lived in different communities. You went to school, even if you're you know, still a teenager, you're in a community. We've experienced multiple communities as adults and we've had lots of opportunities to um, learn lies about communities. And so it's just one of those things where we just want to like make sure that our belief system is in line with heaven. We really can't afford 
afford to believe lies, <laughs> right? We can't afford to believe lies because you're gonna be- you're gonna behave from your belief system, and so we can't afford to believe lies in any area of our life because it's gonna you know keep us from intimacy with Jesus and the fullness of life. But specifically, we can't afford to believe lies in the area of family because it's gonna keep us from everything life flowing from <laughs> healthy relationships. It's gonna keep us from family, which is gonna keep us from revival, which is gonna keep us from destiny and um, the fullness of design. So that's why we're going after this today. Um, And so just let's say that declaration together. I am creating healthy family because everything in life flows through relationships and family houses revival. Good. You guys with me? You guys want revival? Yes. Okay. So let's like press in so that we can have some transformed thinking. And we're just open. Holy Spirit, come and reveal anything that needs shifting. Might be a major shift, might be a minor shift. We don't want to miss what you're doing. You know, one of my favorite Psalms is Psalms 32. And I think I I read it in a call to worship recently over kingdom culture. But um, verse 8 and 9 in the Passion Translation, um, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. Don't make, you, don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. So I, I have given Jesus my yes. I will always come with him. You with me? Yeah, he has our yes. We will go. So let's just break down some of these truths. I also, right before we do that, I want to read you a definition of revivalist. While we're talking about revival, let's talk about revivalist. And um, so the definition of revivalist reads is this. A believer who is focused, passionate, and willing to pay any price to live in community, purity, and power because they are loved by God and love him whose manifest presence transforms lives and cultures. That's so good. And so do you hear again that willing to pay any price for community, purity, and power? Like these are the things that define a revivalist. Willing to pay any price for these things because we understand that this is where we are in full design, but this is also where revival happens, and this is where revival is hosted and sustained. So again, high, high, high priority that we understand and align with truth. In this conversation, we're going to be using family and community synonymously. Um, and uh, for a couple reasons. There's, of course, unique differences of them, but um, generationally, there's a generation that connects better with the word family, and there's a generation in the room that connects better with their word community, and um, the the point is, in our house, we are the same. <laughs> our family is our community. We have chosen to do life with each other. We are a spiritual family, and we are our community. Community is, a, you know, people that you've chosen to, to live with, or you have happened upon. We have not happened. We have chosen, <laughs> and so we, ha- we have chosen to do life together, and we have um, covenanted, which brings us kind of in a deeper, um, deeper than community necessarily. It's a family. It's a spiritual family. So we're just going to be using those words synonymously so that you understand where we're going. Um, and I just want to honor that we do a lot of this well, and we as a family, like we do love really well. And we get that feedback from a lot of people who come in. I walked in and I felt so safe. Like I felt loved. I knew that I was safe here. I knew there was no religion here. I knew people saw me and loved me well. And that's been for the entire history of our church. We've always gotten that feedback. So I want to honor that and say we do that well. Like we love well. And um, that's awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for establishing that normalcy in our house. Well done, family. Well done, tribe, for um, showing up with Jesus in that way. And, um, and let's come higher. 
You know, let's go deeper. Let's go after more. Let's get some more um, of the of the fullness of family in our minds. So we're starting from that baseline. This isn't something we stink at. <laughs> this is something that we do well and something that we want to do. Um, just have the fullness, and we're always going to be embracing more of what Jesus is doing. So let's go after some of these truths. So the first one, we are adopted into God's family, so we intentionally create family and community wherever we go. And we have those verses for you, so you can look up later. We're just going to be kind of going through a little too fast to read all the verses now. But it's family and community are your blanks. And we'll go ahead and email this out later, too, so you can um, fill in your blanks if you miss it. But we are adopted into God's family where we intentionally create family. We are adopted into God's family, so we intentionally create family and community wherever we go. So like I was explaining, because we were brought into the intimacy of the Trinity, we were brought into family, meaning dad. When I say dad, I mean father God. Um, He brought us into his family. He adopted us as his kids. We are sons and daughters. That's our identity. So what we have freely received, we freely give, right? And so, and love always includes Love, uh, love never excludes. It's, it's a selfish, it's a fear that would ever exclude. So when you are perfectly loved, Jesus loves us perfectly, Dad loves us perfectly, Holy Spirit loves us perfectly, the overflow response is to include, is to bring in, right? So that is, um, that is uh, just breaking down that sentence a little bit more, that we, um, we have been brought into family, so we, see, we do what we see the Father doing. Jesus is our model. Jesus on earth did exactly what he saw his father doing, and so we're doing the same. We see dad bringing us into family. We're going to bring others into family. So that is just that practical like grid for why, w- why we do family. Okay, number two, we think like filthy. Filthy? <laughs> yeah, translate that one. Okay, we think like healthy family members by doing what's best for the whole environment, submitting to one another, and by not being selfish going to say it one more time. We think like healthy family members by doing what's best for the whole environment, submitting to one another, and by not being selfish. The truth behind this that hit me is in order to function in this reality, you have to trust the people with you. You have to trust the people in your family that you're known and that you're seen and you're valued. You have to trust that your needs are going to get met right? If, you, if you're choosing to live in a selfless community and a community that you're not thinking of yourself, then you have to trust that the other people around you are also committed to thinking of other people. And so that, again, just establishing a normalcy in our house, like it's actually safe to not come in here with like, I got to get my needs met and I got to make sure my destiny happens. It's actually safe to not come in here like that because a family is going to be thinking about like, oh, I see his destiny. Let me help my friend. Let me help my brother or sister come into their destiny. Like I see that call in your life. Like we can be safe in a healthy family and healthy relationship to think of the other because they're thinking of us, Right. And, and I'm not saying that you are not powerful. We're powerful. We own our needs. We can communicate our needs to our friends and our family, and they have the opportunity to meet needs. I'm not saying that, but uh, it's different than when you come in trying to fight to get that met, right? That is an orphan heart. That is a heart that doesn't understand that you're covered in a family who's committed to you, committed to your fullness coming forth and your destiny. When you come to the table and you're concerned you're going to be overlooked and you're concerned that someone else is going to be overlooked, that's an orphan heart. That's a heart that doesn't understand the big family, meaning like the Godhead is going to get you, take care of you and everyone else around you, but also the mama and papas in your house and your brothers and sisters and your peers next to you is all fighting for the other. 
right? So that's what I want to like call us a little bit higher with and our standard. Like we can actually rest in any place where we have felt triggered of like, is so-and-so being seen? Am I being seen? Like that's actually not a son or daughter heart. A son and daughter heart knows, 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 knows that they are seen and the others with us are also seen and known and valued. Right, so it is a, it's a level of trust, and, um, and it's a choice sometimes. And I want to validate in all of this, and I'll probably reference this again, like I am not talking with you um, from someone who has had just perfect families and communities and has just <laughs> naively decided that this is what we will do. <laughs> right? I actually have had horrible um, family, like spiritual family experiences and, um, and personal relationships, like horrible, really, really bad, really abusive. And I have chosen and decided that w- that would not steal from me, that I would not let that keep me from having the fullness, that I would overcome intentionally despite whatever triggers, despite whatever memories, and I would choose to come into fullness. And I would align and I would have it all and I would not let my destiny be stolen and my gift of intimacy and family and normalcy be stolen. And so I'm just inviting you as one who overcomes, as the one who chooses to forget what lies behind, one who chooses to look at people I do life with and trust them despite having lots of history and evidence that people sometimes are not trustworthy. I have chosen and choose, and I'm inviting you to come with me in that place. This is why I talk about family, because it's something that I have authority in, because it's something that I have decided I will have in my life despite how I have had it. Does that make sense? So that's what we're we're talking um, from that place, and we're moving together. So when I talk about trusting, it's not from a place of naivety. It's from a place of power that I have decided I will have the fullness, I will have what Jesus has, and I'm inviting you to move to that place too. Um, That's really good. So (laughs) I validated myself. (laughs) Good job, Cork, being so brave. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Number three. (laughs) Thanks. We purposely grow our individual capacity to trust and be trusted in covenantal relationships as we empower and confront one another to live out who we truly are. Let's read it one more time. We purposely grow our individual capacity to trust and be trusted in covenantal relationships as we empower and confront one another to live out who we truly are. This is big because, um, you know, you... Are you familiar with in relationship you, this concept of like a relational bank account? And so, like, say um, Dave, Rach, and I were say we're friends. We are friends. Um, but <laughs> say, say we're so we're doing life together. And you know, like we, I you know hang out with them, Maxi, and like I and they um, take care of me, buy my coffee. Like we're taking care of each other. And by doing like little things, investing in time together, investing in like texting, hey, I got your back. Like you're sick, I'm praying for you. Like these different things, we're investing in each other. And so when we have maybe something that is a difficult conversation or something that we um, need to move forward in that might cost or like I have a need or they have a need that is vulnerable to express, we are withdrawing from that bank account. Does that make sense? And so sometimes um, we, we want to move forward in a relationship, but we haven't made any investment. 
Does that make sense? Like, sometimes we need to bring a need to the table or we have to um, bring a confrontation. Someone hurt us or offended us. But we come to the table and we're realizing, like, this withdrawal I need to make, maybe this confrontation is like a $5 withdrawal, and I've only put, like, five cents in this relationship for the past three months. Does that make sense? And it's like, I actually can't afford <laughs> to make this confrontation in our relational capacity. Now, obviously, there's a place where, like, from a leadership or a, or a you know what I'm saying, like, there's exceptions. I'm just like, um, speaking on a relational understanding understanding. So we're understanding how to do relationship with one another. And so just this is a concept that we used to talk about a lot at BCSM. Like you're, you don't then go around like, okay, well, let me buy him five coffees so then I can go forward to confront him. You know, like I don't mean that. Like we're not going around like <laughs> investing so we can make withdrawals, but it's understanding. It's a, it's a form of honor. It's a form of relationship. It's understanding like, um, like as a staff, like we're, we're we reference that sometimes our staff meetings, like we're actually withdrawing um, from our personal bank accounts, <laughs> you know, like and our personal relationship bank accounts because we're choosing to um, make different decisions to prefer the other person while we're making leadership decisions. Does that make sense? So it's like it affects whether it's a confrontation or something else. It's understanding that in order to go to the fullness, like you can, to the level you can confront is the level you have relationship, is basically what I'm trying to say. Like to the level that you have communication is the level that you have invested. So the really the principle behind this is understanding, like we need to be making investments in our relationships. Yes, so we can make, um, withdrawals. I'm like, the this, <laughs> the taking of out. Um, but, but not really, that's not the whole purpose. Do you understand? I'm just trying to give a context of how that is appropriate to do and, and relationally safe to do. But the vision is that we have a value for investing in relationships and building, like it says here, our um, indiv individual capacity to trust. So that there, I'll, I'll just give you an example. So like last night, um, Andy Danielle, my friend Rachel is visiting. I'm so excited. She's my dear friend from Virginia. So we've been friends for like eight years. So we were all hanging out, and um, Danielle looks at me, and she's like, um, there's something you've been talking about for the past couple of days, and you've been using a weird word, and that's not normal, that's not you, and uh, we need to deal with this. So immediately, what do I do? I'll repeat after you. <laughs> immediately, I'm like, yes, all right, let's get rid of the lie, let's believe the truth, I will follow you. It wasn't like a, well, I don't know if you heard my heart, and um, excuse me, can you please give me some more facts and information, and um, I'm not really sure that you understood what I was saying. Do you see what I mean? Like, I, we have so much trust and an investment in our relationship that she's like, eh, something's right, not right there. And I'm like, okay, lead me, <laughs> right? Okay, I'll submit. Like, I will follow after you. You say the prayer, I will follow you, I will renounce the lie, I will hear from the king, and I will believe the truth. Right? Like, this is, this is what I will do. Of course. Like, why? Because I'm smart, because I trust my friend, and she saw something I didn't see. But we have, we have trust. We have investment. She could easily pull out. That was like, it's like a two cents for us. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, withdraw that, no problem. Does that make sense? Trying to give vision for the, the level of relationship that's normal in the kingdom. Okay, last one on this side. We are loyal, and loyalty is demonstrated most radically when people fail. We don't punish and abandon them to save face or to convince the world that we hate sin, but we work to see them restored. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we are loyal, and loyalty is demonstrated most radically when people fail. We don't punish and abandon them to save face or convince the world that we hate sin, but we work to see them restored. It's also an honor thing. And for us in our house, that comes back to our mission statement. You know, our mission statement is to see transformed lives by people having encounters with Jesus and the revelation of God's goodness. 
And so that's when we're engaging this truth. It's from our mission statement and it's from our identity. When we look at people, we're like, well, you're way too awesome to be behaving that way. Like, that's not you. That's not you. Like, come on higher. And we honor them. And we're committed to see transform lives by, oh, friend, you just need to, you just need a truth. You just need the revelation of who you are, a revelation of God's goodness. You just need to encounter Jesus. Close your eyes. Repeat after me. Right? That's how we embrace feelings. And it's important that family understands that. You guys with me? Making sense? Okay, let's flip the page for a minute. And just a couple other truths I wanted to address before we move to our declarations is love believes the best. Mm -hmm. And that's a cornerstone of family, and that's really important we understand that, that we believe the best about people in our house. We believe the best about people in our lives. Um, it, we really live fully when we are believing the best about people. Uh, it keeps your joy up and your peace up, and it's just a smart decision for you personally, but it also is functional family, believing the best, and then we can always just have a clarity. Like, I, I, and I f- love that when you are convinced that the people around you, their heart is for you, and, like, I was, uh, we were processing, we've been processing things as a staff for, like, seven months, but I remember one point, I'm, like, driving, we're, like, processing our structure and our vision and our mission, and I'm crying, and I'm driving, and I'm, like, I know two things. I know that the people of my staff and acts to, I know that they love me and they are committed to loving Jesus and kingdom. <laughs> like those are great truths to hold on to. Like I'm convinced that if nothing else, the people around me love me and love Jesus. Like love me and are committed to kingdom. Like those, when your heart knows that, then when you have a misunderstanding or whatever, you're like, oh, I'm sure your heart was for me, but can you help me understand why you did that or why you said that or wh- what did you mean there? But I'm convinced your heart is for me, so that's not the issue, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so then you're like, wow, I'm actually really safe and loved. I actually believe the best about you. I just need clarity on what, <laughs> why did you say that weird thing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> not your heart, of course. You see, like, that's, that's the normal grid of doing family where it's um, never, um, like, Andy or I or whoever, you or whoever, against each other. It's always us uh, and looking at the misunderstanding mm. right it's it's us with what's that that that's weird that's not ours makes sense and so just that's the level of normalcy that i'm calling us to in our personal lives to our personal families like our tiny little family units our teeny tiny tribes and our family as a whole mm-hmm. that's good. That's good. That's yeah you with me and alone is not an option it's just not an option. Remember Andrew last week said in, in, in the kingdom and in revival and understanding his goodness, we decide what's options and what's not, what's choices and what's not. And like sickness, it's not an option. Well, being alone is not an option. Yeah. Living isolated is not an option. Yeah. It is not his way. It is not the kingdom. It will destroy you. It is a trap from the enemy. And so just determining I will live a life of community. We, we spend a lot of time like restructuring the church, right? Well, we need to sometimes restructure our lives. Am I trying to plug in family and community or have I designed a life with this as a core value and it's expressed. When we're looking at your time, when you're looking at your finances, like are you trying to shove this in as a high value or is it a core value and you sacrifice whatever to live in community and live in family, live in relationship. And so isolation's not an option. Okay, let's go through these together. Let's read them together. So declarations for our family. Number one, God the Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit have brought us into their intimacy and family. From their love and wisdom, we build healthy families and communities. 
get. So that's, again, what we've been talking about. It's from what we've been brought into that we also um, do likewise. We built. Great. Number two. We believe that no one is created to walk alone and that people become most alive when planted in healthy family. That's right. And we love destiny around here. We love gifts. And we desire, we're led by apostles. We desire that everybody f- comes into their fullness of their personal design. And recognizing that only happens in family. It will never happen isolated. It will never happen like an island or a silo. It will happen as you're a branch and you're connected to the rest of the body in Jesus. Okay, number three. The way we love people is a direct reflection of our true love for God. So we live to make the world better for a generation we will never see. That's right. That's family. That's legacy. That's when you are choosing today how you set up your life so that your children's children live in more kingdom than you had ever dreamed was possible. And we make our everyday choices to set up a generation. And, um, and it is. It's, it's a reflection of our love for God. It's an overflow. Okay, number four. I value and draw from Holy Spirit's gifts and graces in everyone's lives, not just from my leaders. And that's huge. That's a huge one where we see everybody, every brother and sister, everybody at the table is equal and carries fullness of Holy Spirit, no Holy Spirit juniors. And we are excited for what they carry in their graces and the supernatural impartation on their life. And we uh, lean in. Uh, a phrase that we used to use a lot was, you know well how to pull from the people in your life. Now we don't mean using them. You know, we don't mean like, again, coming with like, I must get my needs met, meet my needs. You know, we're <laughs> but we don't mean that. We mean like, we we know how well, like with the Jay thing, like this is fruit from Jay's life. <laughs> like Courtney knew how to pull on Jay's gift. That's what that means. And um, and just pre- just practically, it can look like um, ministry. It can look like practical things. It looks like we know well how to pull from each other. Does that make sense? Okay. Where were we? Number five. Great. Let's do it. We value and honor each other even when we disagree. It's not about being right, but being understood. That's right. It's so good. Um, you know, again, that letting go of um, like being right and seeking connection. We have a high value. Jocelyn has done a great job. Um, leading this in our house. We have a high value to protect connection and to lean in. Like when you scare me, like I'm committed to lean in more. <laughs> I'm not going to pull away. I'm not going to shut down. I'm going to lean in more because I'm committed to our connection. And that's our normalcy in our house. And that's just another way to, to break that down. Six, we covenant with people seeking their benefit in everything we do. We do nothing out of selfish ambition or gain. It's awesome. Um, and that word covenant, that's really key too. That's the highest form of relationship. Obviously, we know that we have a covenant with Jesus, and we're familiar with some of the covenants that he made in the Bible, but also there's family relational con- covenants. Obviously, we're aware of the covenant of marriage, but it's really important that we understand there's a lot of other covenants. There's covenants between families, between households, and between friends. Like um, David and Jonathan had a covenant, and it blessed um Jonathan's son, after Jonathan was gone, the covenant still applied to him. And so um, I I would encourage you to seek the Lord about that form of, of, um, it's a highest committed kind of relationship. It's really important who you enter into covenant with, so not enter into covenant with anyone lightly. Um, And recognizing that that kind of commitment is um, not only your lifetime, but it can be passed on to your children and what that looks like. So um, 
covenant is huge. It's a huge part of the kingdom. And if that's not part of your life, I would encourage you to spend some time with the Lord. And if you need to process that more, we'd love to process more with you what that looks like. Okay, seven. We are responsible when others in our family sin against us. We confront them on... You are a way to us. Well done for reading. <laughs> I was not reading as well as you were. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, this, this, I love this. We, um, again, we're kind of referencing confrontation before, but um, it's so easy to um, be passive <laughs> in relationships and to think, and I'm a high mercy, so you all know um, that that means that I cringe at confrontation, or as the staff knows, my voice shakes when I confront. <laughs> um, and, um, but it is so important that whether, what I'm saying is it's not natural maybe for some of us to confront, but it is important because it is real relationship. Um, we can, we, my friend Rachel and I were just discussing, sometimes we think we're doing forgiveness, but we're actually doing dismissal, and that's not okay. <laughs> like sometimes we think we're covering something up or we're being merciful, but we're actually um, not moving in forgiveness and then mercy, right? And so it's actually really important that we start with, this was wrong, I forgive you, I have mercy on you inside our heart, and to keep that protection of connection, it often, to the level you have relationship, requires um, a confrontation at that appropriate level. And so that looks like in an honoring way, in a loving way, God bless you, from thinking the best in a powerful way, God bless you, being able to, um, to show up for that connection and steward that well by being brave. We used to call it brave um, communication and honoring them. So that is, that is a key. Um, and again, it's from that belief is you're way too amazing to be having this way or too awesome or this like let me call you higher there this that's that's not you that's not yours okay eight love for ourselves which springs from god's great love for us is vital in truly caring for others and creating healthy families yes that is the that is the cornerstone like jesus loves us and from that place of being the beloved, that we love him back, we love ourselves, and just like he taught us, like love your neighbor as yourself. So it, we can't give away what we don't have. So if you're not being merciful to yourself, you're not gonna be able to be merciful to your neighbor. Like if, you're, if you've not forgiven yourself, you're not gonna be able to forgive your neighbor or your sister or brother or your pastor or your friend in the, in the church, you're not. You're not gonna be able to um, give away what you haven't been able to give yourself. God bless you. Lord bless us all. <laughs> it's all the sneezing. <laughs> um, okay, so is that, does that make sense, though, about the giving away what you have? And so cultivating your own personal relationship with yourself and choosing to love self. And, and the, the healthiest way to do that is by coming in agreement with what Jesus says about you, is finding that he loves you and he forgives you and he is merciful. Or whatever it is that you're challenging to see about yourself, learn to see um, yourself through his eyes, partnering with that reality, and then you can give it away and you can see other people the way he sees them, too. Okay, nine. Forgiveness is our standard. Everyone is given the opportunity to rebuild trust in the community. Whew, so good. Um, and that, I just love that one. Let's do it again. Forgiveness is our standard. Everyone is given the opportunity to rebuild trust in the community. It's so important that we live a lifestyle of forgiveness. We are the forgiven. So again, we give away what, we, um, what we've received. But it's also important to remember that in a family, you're going to be on both sides of that conversation. One of my friends uh, forgave or came to me to ask for forgiveness recently, and my first response was, I am very aware that I could be on the other side of this conversation any day. <laughs> and so I'm going to respond the way I'd like you to respond. Of course I forgive you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, of course. I know that wasn't your heart. 
and we're good. And, and so just like that is what we mean by standard. Um, and uh, it's, it's normal. Sometimes it's harder, of course, than others. But again, it's easier when we remember their heart is for us and we're committed to that. We are all committed to that, aren't you? Mm, yes, yeah. our, heart, our heart is for Jesus. Our heart is for each other. That is our normalcy. Okay, number 10. We believe in God's design and instruction that loving lifelong marriage between a man and a woman is the healthiest and ultimately the only structure upon which to build a stable, thriving society. That's so good. It's so important that we are in align with God's design and definition of marriage and of family. And because like um, Andrew always says like the family is the church on micro form and the church is the family on macro form and so I call it like teeny tiny tribe and tribe you know however you say it like it is it's important that we understand that we um, define this the way heaven defines it and just like in the teeny tiny tribe or the micro form like it is a man and a woman a husband and a wife it's the same like in our in our family we need mamas and papas and like a church isn't healthy if you just have papas and the church isn't healthy if you just have mamas you know and we need the voice of both um, um, and so just um, coming, it's really important in our generation, too, that we um, unapologetically define it the way heaven does. So that is included. Okay, good. You guys with me? Yeah. Doing good? Someone give me the time, please. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Great. We're going to talk really fast. Okay, so just really quickly want to make sure that no one misunderstands. We're going to, I'm um, just going to say a couple um, things to make sure we don't misunderstand. This is from um, Bethel Book. So um, not all Christian communities are demonstrating healthy relationships. So just want to make sure we understand these things. Uh, people who have experienced broken marriages and or families are not disqualified from greatness as Jesus is more than able to forgive and restore them into healthy, holy families and communities. And lastly, we recognize that it is possible for someone to behave their way out of the community. So it is sometimes unwise and unsafe for a community to extend grace at the same level that God does. So just again, helping us understand normalcy, like this is true. Like these things are true. If, if, if you relate to any of those, if you have come from an abusive church or family, Jesus restores all things. Like we do need to understand as a, as a safe house, if someone is being super abusive, like, or if we used to say in youth ministry, a wolf, like we will have healthy boundaries with them you know and just in not all communities like we're t talking about healthy normal family we don't want to assume that they all are right, right? Yep. so just just a clarity is just again safe I'm just being mama today I'm just trying to give us all the all the grades okay let's let's take this home um, okay so we want to pause and we have just talked generally about what is family and community so we want to see what do I personally believe about family and community. Again, just saying like we validate the past experiences we've had, um, but recognizing some lies might try to creep in. Like, well, I'm just too busy to really do this lifestyle of community or family, or I don't really have the time, or this isn't really the season. You know, like if I was younger, or if I was older, or if I was married, or if I was single, or if I had children, or if I didn't have children. You see what I mean? There's whatever season, I've come to realize whatever season, there is a excuse, there is a reason, there is a lie that is opportunity presented to you to partner with as to why not live this lifestyle. And um, so just wanted to expose that um, and just see if that has ever um, been coming out of your mouth or in your heart or something that we've um, accepted or partnered with. But also um, the, the revelation of sometimes, um, how do I say this? Sometimes if we've experienced 
um, past that we are seeing through those lenses. Does that make sense? Like we have come across uh, away with the, well, all people do this or people's emotion, motive is blank. And do you see what I mean? Like they're the lenses to which we see. So we want to pause in his presence and see like, have I partnered with a lie? Like I'm too busy or have I left a lens that's not Jesus? Um, and some of those lens examples can be from like an orphan heart or an orphan experience or an abandoned experience. And um, one of our congregation members um, came to me um, more recently, a couple months ago and said that the Lord gave them a revelation that they they were partnering with a foster care lens and they were seeing the the church and I, I'd never heard of this I'd heard of orphan heart or lens or spirit but I never heard of foster care I was like tell me more about this and they said that the foster care lens was that they felt like they were always about to lose family like mom and dad were about to leave we're about to lose this church family like we're about it's always about to leave and be lost is that interesting? I was like, ooh, I think um, several people have experienced this in our house. And so, um, yeah, those are just some of the lenses. So let's close our eyes. Come, Holy Spirit. Posture your heart before the King, the one who loves you. So go ahead and repeat after me, Jesus. Is there a lie that I'm believing about family or community? He says just yes, then you can ask him, what is it? Or you can genuinely just ask him, what do I believe about family? What do I believe about community? Okay, now there's someone you need to forgive, go ahead and forgive them. You can follow the, ma the format of saying, it wasn't okay what they did. I choose to forgive them. I release them from my judgments. Have mercy on them and release them to Jesus. Okay, now Jesus, go ahead and repeat after me, Jesus. What is the truth about family, about community? I just wash you with the truth that family is your design, family is safe, family is um, from the heart of a perfect dad 
It's your normal. It's where you're loved and known and championed. I'd encourage you to write down that truth you got from Jesus. Put it um, on a piece of paper. Sometimes we need to write it in hand. I know we're quite, um, you know, on our phones and all computers all the time. But I think it's important to sometimes write things in our own handwriting and put it somewhere you can see it in your car, in your home. So we're putting in a declaration form. Come with us. Let's go on this together. Take your declarations we gave you. Put them in your bathroom. Say them every day. Like This is how we transform our thinking. This is how we come into agreement with truth is we, um, we align ourselves by choosing what we believe, transform our thinking, repeating, putting before us. Practically, in closing, wanted to explain just a couple practical things. There's a difference between situational relationship and intentional relationship. And culturally, we've done situational relationship. The people I go to school with, the people I work with, the people in my neighborhood, these are the people I know, people in my church, da-da-da. Instead of intentionally, these are the people I choose, these are the people I do life with, these are the people that I know and I'm known by. And so practically, what that looks like is I'd encourage you to choose two or three people that you are decided, like, these are the people I'm doing life with. Communicate to them. I have a high value for you. I want to be in your space. What does that look like regularly? Decide. Look at your calendar. Talk to your spouse. Talk to your children. What does it look like to have a lifestyle of this? Practically, I have my relational checkpoints on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. And just, like, do a, build it intentionally, a lifestyle. Um, and, and just practical things I would encourage you, like, to set with, like, key people, um, non-negotiables. Like, Andy, Danielle, and I, we have a non-negotiable. We hang out once a week. It's not good when we don't. We get disconnected and we get very sad. But, but, <laughs> but we found that we need to protect that time. We have a lot of outflow. We do ministry together. There's a lot of demand on our relationship. We need to protect our connection. Same when you in your life, whatever you're doing, your job or whatever, you, you need to have tribe time. You need to be with your family. You need to connect. My, my best friend in England, we talk once a week, non-negotiable, you know, unless someone is like super sick, you know, like or something. Like, of course, I'm not saying put a law. I'm saying have a vision. It's going to look like something. Put some bones and meat to it. Like, have a choice. Make a decision. Vanessa and I, we go on an adventure once a month. Non-negotiable. We're going to have fun once a month. You know, just decide. What does it look like? Cultivate. Have these conversations with these people. It's all about access. Who are you choosing to give access to you? They have access to you because of intentionality, permission, vocabulary, and time. And, and they only can, and we used to teach in the church about access for accountability's sake and how can they correct you if they're not around you. True, how could Daniel have said, hey, you're kind of funky belief system here and not a little bit of lie. Like, true, without being around me, but how can she encourage me? How can we encourage each other if we're not around each other? I was giving the example of like someone can tell me, Court, you're awesome. I'm like, thank you. But when Andy and Danielle, who see me on a weekly, see me like fight in the middle of my shaking, trembling, like scared or whatever, and see me soaring and seeing me on all the different, when they look at me and say, you're awesome, I believe them, right? Because I've given them access to me and my process and my mess and my strength. And when they say, you are awesome, I'm like, they know me they believe I'm awesome. I can believe this too. Does that make sense? So it's about access. I just want to give you just practical, like simple after church linger. Stay around. Don't go to your car right away. Don't go home right away. Invite someone to lunch. It, it's not normal if a whole month has gone by and you haven't eaten with someone in, in the church. It's just that's not normal. It's not normal if you, a whole month has gone by and you haven't eaten with somebody that's not your um, same generation or season. You know, that's not normal. It's normal that we do life as a generational fam multi-generational family. 
that we're intentionally like, who are you inviting into your home? If you want more community in your life, who, what, are you, what are you doing about it? What are you going to do about it? I'd encourage you practical, small things. You're praying for someone in the church, text them, tell them, email them. You know how encouraging that is? You know how much intimacy and connection that builds? Let them know that you're thinking of them and you're invested in them. Um, and your vocabulary, it's just simple. It's super important that you just, your vocabulary, letting them know, I value you. I love spending time with you. You're a high priority in my life. This is the language of relationship. This is the language of commitment and family and covenant. And so um, just practical small things, like I just felt the Lord invite us to come higher in how we show ourselves as a friend, as how we invest and like how we care for um our friends' children, or invest in what's important to them. You know, like, I, I don't love football. I don't get it. But I love that they love football. So I will football with them, and I will watch it, and I will be excited for their footballing, right? And so it's just, it's examples like that. Like, football with those who football. And, 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 it, and you know what I mean? Like, it's simple. <laughs> and that is my message. <laughs> <laughs> but just calling us higher let's invest let's care about the things that our friends care about let's take care of their children let's linger let's text or call our friend with an exciting thing before we post it on Facebook let's invest in actual relationship right actual relationship coming higher who are you doing life with not just who do you know but who are you doing life with who knows because they know you that you're not okay before you know you're not okay who do you give that kind of permission and access to? It's not going to happen on accident. You have to choose it. You have to intentionally build this, and your life will not be full. Your destiny will not be full. Revival will not happen without it. So I'm calling you higher. I'm calling you to vision. I'm calling you to a lifestyle. There is a lot at, state, at stake, but it is so rich, and it's so worth it. So I invite you higher, and I just, yeah, I'm just going to pray for you. So I bless you with having vision for chosen. I bless you with having vision for lifestyle. I bless you with having vision of being in the beloved family with the perfect father, with brothers and sisters who love you and are committed to know you and committed to back you and committed to run with you. I bless you to forget what lies behind and run forward unabandoned. I call you in. I call you out of isolation. I call you out of fear. I call you into family. I call you into intimacy. I call you into vulnerability. I call you into trust. I call you into rest and be, and be loved, and be known. And we say, this is our standard as a house. This is our normal. This is ours, this is where we're going, and we'll keep going. And we'll keep adding, and multiplying, and revival will happen. I bless you to have vision to make a million good decisions to choose the small things of community that lead to the large thing of hosting his presence and revival on this earth. Will you come higher? 20 of you. Will you come higher? Yes. <laughs>
your hurt is Jesus. We will come. We will not be stubborn. When you're calling us in a place we've not gone before, you have our yes. We love you, Jesus. So good. We can just have the prayer teams come up. If you need backup, just as your processing family, if you need backup in the forgiveness, if you just need a hug, we are here to hug. So I just, I bless you. We love you. You're our family. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life. 